0: Back to the One America Podcast. We're back with Butch Porter uh, on our second part of what I think is a great discussion. Listen, we uh, you've listened to part one, and of course, you have. We talked about. We really focused in on the Trump voter. We talked about socialism. We talked about conservatism a little bit. We talked a little bit about the progressive movement and AOC and the squad and Bernie Sanders and that wing of the Democrat Party and. And I think that um, the first part was really important, particularly in the last maybe five minutes that Butch and I talked about. Getting inside the mind of your fellow Americans who are hardworking, working class. I don't care if they're black, white, Hispanic, whatever they are. People are struggling right now. This virus has been deadly. It has killed over 280,000 Americans As of this recording, we're in December of of 2020, and a lot more people tragically will die. People are out of work. Food lines have seen a 400% increase in places like Texas and other states around the country where we're just in a bad place. So I wanna talk about, Butch, in this part, I wanna get back to the general election, and I wanna talk about your thoughts as an American conservative on Joe Biden who I think, you know, he's already catching some flack because he hasn't put enough uh, black or brown people in the cabinet, which I think is kind of ridiculous because he hasn't even named the cabinet all of it yet. And the Celia Rouse is an African-American. She'll be head of the Economic Council. And then you have Janet Yellen's a woman, the first female secretary of the Treasury. That's a big one. Uh, you have the U.N. ambassador is going to be an African-American woman. So he kind of named his economic and national security team, absent the sec def. Uh, But give me your thoughts so far on just what you've seen from Biden try to unify the country. And, and do you think it's possible, given these factions that we talked about right in the last segment, of his own party, and then he's got to try to outreach to disaffected Republicans and others? Like, how does he do it and can he do it?
1: I, uh, I, have, I have sort of a mixed mind about it. Number one, I, I think, you know, Joe Biden has been wrong about everything important for 50 years. And so I just, I'm not, from a policy standpoint, from a
2: do I want him as my president standpoint, it's always been kind of uh, kind of a, a sick and cruel joke to me. But I, and I'm just being honest. So I, I have trouble
1: really parsing, um, you know, who, who his cabinet is. I, I, I know that there are going to be some, some loyalist Biden types. There's a lot less of the of the Obama uh, influence than some would have expected. You know, everybody thought Susan Rice was going to be sex state, and you know that didn't happen. So mm-hmm. that's an indicator. So, um, but I don't know that we should be looking to the president to unite our country. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think the position is really that capable of it anymore. Uh, I don't think Joe Biden is really capable of it, to be honest. Um, he talks, he talks in terms of his blue collar roots the lunch pail Joe and the dignity and things like that. I was listening to someone the other day, you know, kind of distinguishing between dignity and respect, you know, and there's, there's a lot of parsing there. And I think, uh, your average Trump voter, uh, doesn't trust, uh, anything that they're going to say now. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, I think the way the way we have to unite as a country is in our communities. Uh, a lot of what I try to do on a daily basis is increase the number, and frequency, and, and quality of conversations that humans have with each other on the local on a local basis. And that's that's where I think we find solutions. Um, but you're right. Your overall contention, leaving Biden to the side for a second, your overall contention that we have to start listening to each other, that we have to start having tough conversations. And, and I've had many conversations with you know folks on the other side of the aisle, and the first thing I say is, is if you want a tough conversation, you're gonna have to be uncomfortable yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. I've been told, I've been told my entire adult life at least that you know I'm gonna have to be uncomfortable with these conversations, and I, I get it. That's fine. I, I'm perfectly, and I can tell you all. Kind, I mean, I grew up in a very racially. Uh, sh- strained.
0: Uh, I know Shreveport. Pulver. Been there many times. So spoken, yeah. It's I know. Segregated I know that still. It
1: Should be tough. I'm sorry, Sophia.
0: Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm listening to you. I'm saying that. I'm agreeing with you that I've know Shreveport. I've spoken there. I've been there, and it and it reminds me. You're being and I love the way you're using your words to describe it. But I'll just say it differently, which is when you go there it still seems to be a bit I'm gonna use the word segregated not legally right but segregated yeah. by its people being definitely like you've been saying they're divided very much so along racial lines there's no doubt about yeah. it yeah well there, there it is and uh, and but anyway the, the point is that is that um I've
1: been told that and, and people like me you know White people in privilege have been told that we can, we have to be uncomfortable having these conversations, and I let me tell you, I'm always uncomfortable having these conversations. I've been that way for a long time. But so so does the left. So does the other side. So does your you know. Um, and and that's and that's the part that I think, uh, and, and I don't want to I don't want to throw cold water on Joe Biden. I'm sure, he's trying his best. Uh, or Kamala Harris, the first woman vice president, and that's that's astounding. That's great. Uh, and I'm sure they're going to try their best. My, my challenge is is that I, I'm a little skeptical of a group of people that have been calling half the country evil and horrible and, and uh, blah, 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 uh, now saying that they want unity and, and, uh, and comity and, and civility. I think it's a little disingenuous. So I, I don't trust it at this point because I don't, I don't think – that anybody else is going to and I don't think it's going to work so my take is that we have to be we have to we have to re- reassess and re access that part of our upbringing that says that we need to respect everyone and and be uh, kind to our neighbors and to love people that we disagree with That that's That's our responsibility. If we're going to wait for for the President of the United States to bring us together, then I think we're missing the point.
0: Yeah, I think you've said a lot there. I want to unpack that a little bit because I'm in agreement with you. Um, If you're just tuning in on the One America podcast, my guess is Butch Porter. You need to listen to Part 1. You're in now in Part 2. We're having a broader discussion. We spent the first uh, segment talking about really just the terms of engagement that we all have to deal with now as Americans. You're either a socialist, you're a racist, you're a liberal, you're a conservative, you're a progressive. We've got labels. We're in boxes. We are, as you said, and I so agree with you, we're very quick to put people in boxes. And I think a couple things you said that are important to amplify. Number one, if we're going to fix this country and heal this country, I'm in 100% agreement that it starts as the founders would have wanted it to start at the local level, at the closest level of government to the people, with the people, with your neighbors, in our civic groups, in our fraternities and sororities, uh, when we're able to get back together. You know, one of my favorite times of year is Christmas. And every year I have a, a big party at my house. It's like 50 people or so. And Every year when I kind of go and stand up on the steps and, you know, we do the door prizes and we do a toast, I make everybody stop and look around the room. And inevitably, my parties and everybody talks about them, you're going to have white people, black people, conservative people, liberal people. One of my favorite moments last year was when uh, Obama's former director of African-American affairs was talking to the Republican Party county chairwoman here in in Virginia, uh, in Loudoun County. And they were having a great time. At first, when I saw them, I was a little afraid, like, oh, Jesus, how's that going to work out? And they were doing wonderful. They were talking about recipes and Christmas, just like human beings. And I inevitably make everybody look around the room, and there are audible gasps and odds and people tear up because I say, you see this room? This is what America needs to look like. And I'm like, I know half the people in this room very rarely socialize with African Americans. The other half rarely socializes with your Caucasian brothers and sisters. And you need to do better. And I say all that because you and I may disagree on uh, some things politically. And again, you may be much more right to my center. And there are some places where I'm going to be left to your center. But at the end of the day, I think we fundamentally agree on decency civility, and honesty. And I want to say that I think one of the most important things you've said, and we're going to talk more, obviously, is that when we have these courageous conversations, it's not just the white people in the room, folks, who need to be uh, uncomfortable or or need to listen. Yeah, but they also get to speak, too. And they get to tell you how they see the world, right?
1: Yeah, I think... Let me say something else too, which I think is hard, but just bear with me. There are two approaches to these kinds of conversations. There's the, there's the approach that seeks to, there's a justice approach, right? There's the approach in which you're seeking to find where the blame is, where the where the truth of history is, and where the pain is, and where where uh, someone needs to be held responsible for pain. That's one approach to these topics. And the other approach, which I think is the approach that a certain civil rights leader, um, Martin Luther King Jr. would have approved of, is an aspirational approach. It's the approach where we, we want to go where we're supposed to go. We Mm -hmm. want to begin with the end in mind. We want to talk in terms of how we feel like we should be as human beings Mm -hmm. and then make assumptions, not that the other person is acting counter to that, but that until proven otherwise, assume the other person is coming from from a place of love and compassion and care and humanity. And if we can't make that assumption about people, then we can't have conversations with
2: them. That is
1: absolutely so the, true. The, true. First, the first approach is a legitimate approach in certain circumstances. And I think if we look back over the last 40 years, if we look back over oh, 60 years, 60 years, we look back over the last 400 years or 150 years, whichever line you want to draw, The approaches that work the best, and then look at the last nine months or the last seven months, the the approaches that work the best historically are the ones, are the second, the second choice. It's not the ones where you're trying to tell people that they're wrong and they're bad and their ancestors are bad. They're useless and they need to shut up and sit down so that we can take charge now and blah, blah, blah. That does not work, even if it's true, even if it's just, even if it's if, it's, You're right. if you can rationalize it it does not work. What works is treating people like human beings assuming and less proven otherwise and I say that because you can, you know, people are still there's still some asshole people out there Amen. but in general most people are just want to be, they, they just want to be good people and if we can't make those assumptions about people we disagree with on politics then we're never going to get anywhere. So that's where—that's the first thing—is that that foundational concept of the aspirational approach to contentious, especially racial uh, discussions. And that's where—that's where I think we've lost it over the last several months. We've decided that the other approach is the right approach, and I vehemently and passionately, with everything that I hold dear, disagree with that. but like a zombie it keeps coming back and I don't know how to get rid of it but all I can do is take the second approach as often as possible until other people catch on
0: so I think that what you said is is profound I think it's powerful and I and I I see it through both lenses obviously again as a woman and as a woman of color right but but I absolutely see it I get it because you're right. I'll break it down like this for listeners. Those of you who are married or engaged or in relationships, can you go to your significant other and say, you suck, you're bad. I hate what you did. You know, you were really mean to me, blah, blah, blah. They're not going to hear you. I would posit that 50% of the marriages that don't make it because of poor communication. Anybody who's ever been in one or in a relationship long term will tell you that if you play the blame game, which is what you're saying, if you attack, if you demean, if you don't forgive, you're never going to be able to continue. Because what happens is resentment builds, anger builds. We start name calling, we start attacking, and that's exactly where we've been as a country now for frankly too long. Now, I want my other listeners to hear me. want them to hear me I'm not saying because I'm gonna get jacked up on this I am not saying that there should not be social justice I don't think Butch is saying that am I right you're not saying that are you
1: well, of course not. Well, right. I mean, social right. justice is another one of those terms that I think right. needs parsing. But no, I understand what you're saying. I don't right. think that there's no problems to be solved. Right. obviously.
0: Right. You're I saying just, it's I the just, method we think, solve them is your point, yes? Absolutely. Look, there's two, and this, it's, it's another, it's another branch of the conversation. Like, first off, what are the problems that need to be solved? What are the causes of those problems? You mentioned Joe Biden. Let's talk about him for a second. He was on stage in one of the debates saying look you know of course systemic racism is a thing you know obviously there's bad you know police brutality there's
1: bad cops out there there's Uh bad seeds we need to get rid of those guys right there it's there's a disconnect because if and and this is a logical thing but it's it's still what it is and it makes it confusing and it makes it easy for as we discussed earlier with things like socialism it makes it easy for people to to take advantage and, and uh and and uh, Uh demagoguery is the the rule today. when you say things like that well if it's bad seeds then that's not systemic racism that's just
2: racists right and Uh so yes we want to get rid of racist cops
1: yes we want to get rid of racist policies all those things we want to make sure we improve upon but to to walk to walk your average citizen this goes back to the, the Trump voter down a down a path to where everything they say is wrong I'll give you the example first first we're gonna tell
2: let's call let's call him uh, Billy Bob blue-collar worker from flyover country right
1: (laughs) which is how honestly which is how the coasts and and you know the elite does 59 counties or whatever that are in charge uh, that's how they see them right Mm -hmm. so let's say uh, first we're gonna call him a racist we're gonna say because he embraces the, the Confederate flag even though that's the way he was brought up, and that's you know, he watched, uh, you know, the Dukes of Hazzard when he was a kid. He I was,
0: watched the um, Dukes of Hazzard growing and up, I loved blah, blah.
1: it. And so, and I'm not a huge Confederate flag fan, but I, I I do believe tearing down statues, uh, was a bad idea. We've had that discussion, you and I had that discussion on the mm-hmm. um, on our podcast, on my podcast. So, the issue is that that guy is, you know, is branded a racist. That's the first thing, okay, and, and when he comes back and says, Well, no, that's not really true. I'm not a racist because I don't believe that, you know, I'm superior to people of color and I don't treat them bad. I treat them all nice and I treat, you know, I treat everybody with love and respect just like you do. is the next thing right
0: <laughs> a so white you know, lady wrote something. that book though in fairness nobody black wrote that book a white lady wrote that book well yeah but Ibr- <laughs> Ibrahim x Kendi is a black guy and he has the same precise philosophy either your either your position is
1: racist or is anti-racist and to, to when people say things like that mm-hmm. when your robin says things like that when ibram says like my answer is no that's not, that's not an acceptable, logical conclusion to talk about anything. It's, it's irrational. And poor Robin D'Angelo, the author of White Fertility. <laughs> I mean, that girl cannot possibly have any friends of color. How, I don't know how much of that book you've read. but there's I've no, not read no any of
0: it, to be honest. The title just for me is no, like, yeah, I'll pass.
1: There's no way you can have a friend of color and follow her. Her dictate. Can I tell you what one of
0: my pet peeves is? I don't like being called of color. Like, can, can I just say that to my audience listening out there? Uh, you know, I don't. I, 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 I'm tired of the. I'm tired of the boxes as well. And I, you know, I've said this. We talked about this on your podcast. I've written about it many times. I am a direct lineal descendant of slaves on both sides of my parents. Direct. And yet, on my mother's side, and I've told the story. Grandpa Henry. Uh, with the Alford Plantation in Georgia. And, And, you know, just a little bit before the Civil War, he and my grandmother Viney, who was a slave, ran off together, left the plantation. They clearly fell in love. He was the plantation owner's son, would have inherited it. They left, they ran off, they went to Oklahoma a border state, and then after the Civil War, they went to California and had 13 kids together until they died, and, you know, but I have the blood of a slave owner and a slave running through my veins, and the way I look at that is, that is the American story, and like you said, whether I uh, like the fact that uh, part of me comes from those who owned and did the most heinous, hideous thing I think anybody can do, which is to own another human being. And those who were owned, if it weren't for Grandpa Henry and Grandma Viney, I wouldn't exist. And so I I live up to the ideas and the values of uh, my family tree on sure. both of them. They're, they both are their DNA courses through my body, and I do my best to bring honor and 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 goodness, like yourself, to to that legacy, and I think, I don't like this of color stuff, because I'm not of color, I am a African-American woman, descended from African-American slaves, but also slave owners, so that makes me the African and the American, that's, I really prefer black, but okay, but my point is, these boxes, you know what I mean, these boxes, it doesn't
1: matter on that front, right, I mean, let's be honest, so, but look, seriously, I have I'll give you an example of how, you know, values is how we need to be talking. Phyllis Randall, who's our uh, county chairman, yep. was on my show a few weeks ago. One of my good and, friends. Right. She's a good person. We get along just fine. We're diametrically opposed on, you know, politics. Yep. Uh, but one of the, when I asked her why she was a Democrat and why she was a liberal or whatever, and everything she said sounded exactly what, like, someone would say if they were a Republican
2: or a conservative. You know, it was her faith, her family. Yeah. community and connections
1: and all that kind of stuff and I think that the what's funny about the way that people view a middle American voter is is that they're doing all the things that the progressive left says they should do they're part of their community they're living off the land they're they're um you know they're they're, uh, family centric community centric they they uh
2: they uh share respect and love and care for their communities and they're they're connected and all that That they're in touch you know and that that sort of those sorts of things are not the the highest level qualities of many
1: urban areas right i mean there's there's you know people live in apartments and don't know any of their neighbors you know stuff like that and so i just i don't know that that it's 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 a little awkward to me uh, to tell, uh, to to preach about all these things we want our communities to be like, and then look
2: at the communities that are actually doing those things, and, and, and then accuse them of of
1: not. Um, but the the other thing is, is that there's a um, there's there's a whole group of like intellectual dark web sort of uh, you know. Um, I would say central left, if you will, or liberal centers, or what I like to call, you know, podcasters and thinkers and writers out there day, these days. One of them is a lady named Heather Heine. And what she says on her, her Twitter profile is one of my favorites. It says, first, come to me as a human being. Secondly, as an individual. And then third, you can go tribal, but you better know what you're talking about. And that's, to me, that's, that's like the, that's a really great place to start for for conversations about these things. I think you first you come up to people as human beings. I'm not gonna treat you like a human being. We're gonna respect each other, love each other, care for each other, be compassionate. And then I'm gonna treat you as an individual. Like not a part of a group, Mm -hmm. not not Mm -hmm. some package of of boxes to be checked. I'm not gonna start a conversation as a white southern male, cisgendered, blah blah blah. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna put my pronouns on my thing. I'm not gonna that's not
0: yeah, I you know, but uh, I, I tell me you me that that whole cisgender thing, my my beau had to explain that to me because I didn't know what the hell it was, and he's laughing at me. He he says I'm a cisgender male. I'm like, what the hell is that? What are you trying to what tell me? <laughs> <mean>? <laughs> and he's like, and he's but laughing just like you because you know, that's the, yeah. That's
1: the world we're in. That's the world we're in. Everybody is their identity based on on groups and your rank. It's like, well, yeah, it's. groups. Yeah. I thought that we had like this Very religious it has become very um, uh, uh, ideological right and pretty much you have to you have to speak the right language you have to say things the right way you have to be you have to pay your penance you have to you know do your penance and confess your sins and put the hate hey, has no home here flag in your front yard and blah 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 that sort of thing is 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 not productive if you want to have if you want to have a community where people treat each other like human beings and individuals and and that's what that's the aspirational approach that we have to have and it doesn't mean we don't talk about it it doesn't mean we don't talk about police brutality it doesn't mean we don't talk about uh, racial disparities it doesn't mean we don't talk about poverty urban strife and etc etc but we also don't ignore you know 70 some million people many of which are also suffering if you don't i mean he'll do it elegy that's i haven't seen the movie i loved
0: it i read the book and i watched it yeah
1: look all you have to do is watch the reviews look at the reviews of that the reason why they are giving it horrible reviews is because they don't want anybody to actually look. What's the, the other one? Uh, the, the The Tanya, the Tanya Harding movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They basically made a black comedy out of a poor girl getting abused by her husband. They made it. They tried to make that funny. Yeah. And, and, you know. And yeah. That was, Hulu, it, I thought,
0: that did was, a really bad job with that. To be honest with you, but it, I want to wrap this. Girl, it would
1: have been. Right. Would have been. You know. I mean, it's 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 irrational, and that's. We have to we have to treat each other like human beings first, individuals second, and and then and once we do that, we can start having the hard conversations. So they are hard conversations.
0: They are and I, I, I wanna wrap this up and, and I you guys who've been following me now for two years of actually we're in season three, but um you know that it's only one time have I ever done a two-parter and that was with my good friend Michael Steele who was a former chairman of the RNC and we, we had this dialogue a while back but this is only the second time I've done a two-parter because I thought it was important and as you could tell Butch and I could talk forever and ever and ever sure. and uh but I think that there are some key takeaways one you need to listen to part one first And then you need to listen to this because he said some very important things that I don't think we allow our conservative friends, our Caucasian friends, our friends who may have a different point of view to often say. And I wanted them to be said. I want them to be heard. I know there's going to be a lot of commentary on this. I'm going to get a lot of DMs. There's going to be a lot of voicemails. There's going to be a lot. uh, And it's okay. Okay. Because he's right about what he's saying, and I loved *Hillbilly Elegy*. I loved the book, and I loved the movie. Now, people can give it bad reviews and do what they want, but again, as somebody who grew up with outside of Philadelphia, South Jersey suburbs, very blue-collar, the Navy shipyard, I uh, grew up with all Irish Catholics and Italian Catholics, without exception. We were the first black family in our neighborhood. Uh, that was not met with a lot of love. I remember that expressly. Um, I remember being called the N-word a time or two as a little girl and crying and not understanding that. Because my great-grandfather, who was still alive at the time, was white. Uh, again, on my father's side, pop-pop. And um, I didn't understand. Uh, i never forget coming home crying and telling my mom... Uh, that, well, why were the kids mad at me because I took a picture of Pop-Pop and they said he couldn't be your Pop-Pop because he was white. And I was like, I didn't understand what white was. He was just (laughs) Pop-Pop to me, right? But that's the innocence of a child. And then we grow up and we segregate ourselves. We separate ourselves. We... We do this ridiculousness. So, Butch, I cannot thank you enough for the dialogue. Again, it will be continued. We will do more. I applaud the work that you do because you do try to bring people together. And you are trying to have these conversations. And I think as a white man, you probably don't get enough credit for that. Again, and because you're conservative, people want to put you in a box. And and I'm glad that Phyllis came on. Uh, Phyllis, one of my dear friends. And... I remember telling her when she was running for re-election this last time, Phyllis. I called her and I said, look, you know that I've been a Republican my entire life. I'm going to support the Republican candidates here locally. I'm going to support John Whitbeck. And and I want you to know that. I want you to hear it from me. Uh, And she was like, you know what? I respect you because you don't have to call and tell me that. And I'm like, yeah, actually I do. uh, Because I'm your friend. and, And I should, by theory, support you. But what I'm going to support is my ideals. And, uh, you know, of course, I haven't been a happy Republican for a long time because I detest Donald Trump and everybody knows that. So that having been said, um, I really appreciate this dialogue because it helps. And we're way long, but it's okay. And um, Butch, I appreciate you, brother. And we're going to do more. And thank you for what you do.
1: Well, thanks. I appreciate it. it. It is the beginning of a conversation, not the end of one. There's a lot of, you know, it's 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 uh, full time. It's full time. Uh,
0: Tell people how they can hear your podcast. Follow you on social media. Yeah, you can you can find me. I'm at the, at Real Butch Porter,
1: uh, on Twitter. That's a good way to get a hold of me on Twitter. Uh, and the podcast is is rules of the game. We're on all the places where you listen to podcasts, including
2: Apple's Podcasts and all that. Um, and uh, Great Conversations is a blog we have, uh, and Podcast of podcasts there, podcasts we have some long-form
1: uh, writing as well, uh, and my company, Independent Education, uh, is, is mostly, um, you know, micro-schools for kids, but, uh, you know, we, 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 we discovered that adults, uh, some adults out there wanted to educate themselves
2: and learn from each other as well, so that's where all this comes from.
0: All right, well, friends, that does it for uh, this Episode of the One America Podcast, parts one and two with Butch Porter. I know that this is going to be a very hot podcast, so I look forward to getting it out there. And I love you guys, and 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 take care of yourselves. Wear your masks, Be safe. We're all inside. The holidays are coming. We want to congregate. We want to be with our families. Let's take the hit now, so that we all live into the new year and we can hug grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, our see our kids. Whatever we need to do, let's do that. I love you guys. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America.